this is gonna be a good one. You don't wanna miss this one, okay? This man to my left, if you're looking at that video, he's on your right probably, has done over 1,500 owner finance transactions. And he's been humble enough to accept us here in his studio to do a little interview on the legend. I, I'll call you a legend. You just make him uh, look old. Well, he's a young, young <laughs> legend, man. That's, that's, there's nothing wrong with that, you know? His name is Mitch Stevens. Thank How you so you, much. Mitch? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for Thank having me. Thank you so much for having us in your beautiful studio, Mitch. Uh, yeah, if, if you're watching us on uh, our YouTube channel, you notice that we're doing another remote uh, interview. And Mitch, you know, welcomed us into his studio. So we are, uh, you know, doing this from New Brownsville's, right? We're, well, we're, I'm actually in Canyon Lake, but I have a New Braunfels zip code. But I'm in Canyon Lake, Texas, just north of... North of San Antonio, about 27 miles. Beautiful property, beautiful setting, uh, the views. Uh, we'll probably, you know, do some uh, outdoor shots and, and put it in the intro so you guys can We are have an idea. studio hacking today. <laughs> studio so, hacking. you know, if you don't have a studio to do your podcast, it's your fault. Okay? <laughs> we found one pretty fast in Canyon Lakes. <laughs> and uh, he actually let us even borrow the cameras and everything else. So... Man, let's get down to the to the good and the nitty gritty, Mitch. Who is Mitch? Where do you come from? Social security number, bank account, all of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> These guys don't mess around, do they? They're like going right for the money. You gotta go straight uh, for the kill, man. Um, I'm a regular guy who puts his pants on one leg at a time, just like everybody else. I have the same story that pretty much everybody else has. It's a very um, familiar story. Uh, I start out with nothing. Uh, I figured out uh, a few things. In real estate, I figured out that I didn't have to have money to get involved. Um, I did, however, have to spend some time and some expertise, or in getting some expertise, because when you don't have money, you're a, you're a professional deal finder slash contract writer. Uh, it doesn't take much money to do that, but once you find that deal and you have used some knowledge that you've got to write a strong or uh, a strong or impressive contract, now that contract's worth a lot of money. Right. You know, for instance, to break it down, you got a $150,000 house and you got it under contract to buy it in the next 30 days for $75,000. That contract is a set of rights that's your personal property, and I can sell that personal property probably for about 20 grand under those numbers. You know right. what I mean? And so I went around uh, with the idea that if I wrote and, and made good enough deals that the deals would find the money, which was the correct. That's, that's what we believe. Yeah, that still <laughs> works. Uh, you know, we do that every day. But we're do we're gonna do that today, actually. <laughs> what? But what's your what's your uh, background? Did you? I mean, you went to college. Are I mean, you we got like a PhD or something crazy like that. You know, I graduated from La Calle U. Okay, <laughs> that, that's a good that's a good university. I, I actually actually attended it down in South America. It's the most expensive college on the planet and yeah. so far it's charged me about eight hundred and fifty thousand, and i'm still no Jesus, place to, i thought i had it rough and man. i'm still learning well it's 22 years because hang around right, long enough you'll, right, you'll get right. charged hey, some more. i'll get there right <laughs> you'll get charged <laughs> some more. Well, hopefully not but probably hopefully not um and, and you why? know la calle means the street in spanish for those of y'all that are not bilingual 
Um, I'm actually going to have a ring made that says like IAU, and I'm going to wear that, it. You know, like that's a, a great name to to do like a mastermind meetup or something like that. You know, you say. cannot have a bachelor's degree. <laughs> you had to go to like Calle University, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yes, online training. Um, so I I failed at people say how'd you get into real estate? So I like to say, well, I failed at everything else. It was like the last thing left to try. Um, I was an entrepreneur from the day I was born. I was always trying different things. One of the things I didn't like about a lot of the businesses that I would tried was that people wouldn't pay me and I had no real recourse against them that made any financial sense. I mean, mm -hmm. I could take them to court, but by the time that was done, all the money was given to the lawyers. Yeah, yeah so the only ones making the money. One thing I noticed about real estate was that if I played within a certain amount of rules, pay me or don't pay me, it's all going to be all right because I'm going to get that piece of property back and I can protect myself and live to make that deal again with someone else, maybe even a better deal next time, you know. So uh, after reading books like Nothing Down by Robert Allen and Kiyosaki and all, you know, taking in as much as I could for free, then I, I finally hired a coach, which really made all the difference. I was about to go out of, I actually hired a coach to get me out of the situations I was in so I could quit okay. real estate. And he ended up showing me how to fix my problems and stay in, and that was 22 years ago. Wow, that's a great story. Um, what's his name? <laughs> name and number. He doesn't want to. I, I, I would gladly tell you, but he does not want to be known. So. Name, name and number. A lot of people might need his services um, today. Uh, so, okay, so you went in and you almost went out of real estate. Yeah, basically. so I went and I was doing what everyone. Flipping, what, I guess, right? No, no, I was doing what everyone, all the gurus are saying to do. I was buying and holding rental properties, you know? And, and I learned it's like- oh, so you could get rich like in 30 years? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I was buying houses, you know, and I owed like 500 and I was renting them out for like 800. So on paper, there's a $300 spread. Yes. Right. So they're, you know, the, they'd always say, well, the first thing out of their mouth is, okay, so you buy a house and you have a $500 payment and then you sell it and you have a, um, and you have a, a $800 income. I mean, you not sell it, you rent it, you have an $800 income. That's $300 a month, right? And everyone says, yeah. Until and the water heater goes off. what they should be saying off. is bullshit. There is not three. You just assumed that nothing was going to go wrong in that exactly. house. And from the air conditioner to the hot water heater to the faucets to the sinks to the tubs to the carpet to the doors to the windows to the electronic garage door over from the gate to the fence to the yard to the sprinkler system just to the, the hose. painting alone. Everything. They just acted like none of it was going to break. And even if the house has been fixed like perfect, you got vacancies, and then you got, you know, the neighbors, I don't know, there's always something that can go wrong even on brand new houses. So in my story, I, I did what they told me to do, and I got 25 houses with a $300 a month spread. Now, mind you, this was 20 years ago, okay, so these numbers sound kind of weird. That's mm -hmm. low, it's because it's 20 years ago, and it's San Antonio, Texas, which has right. some of the cheapest houses on the planet. Yeah. Yep. So... On paper, I was supposed to make $7,500 a month. I knew that I would not make $7,500 a month because all I needed to live was $3,500 a month. So I, before I quit my job, I went and got over double that. So in hopes that even if some of it didn't go right, I would at least clear what I needed my $3,500 yeah, exactly. a month. I didn't clear any of that either. I think <laughs> I ended up writing a check. But at the end of the year, I think I lost $1,000. Man, I think uh, you, you're talking about your story, and I'm, I'm like going flash, flashbacks because I was in the same situation when I, I had all these 
all these rental homes and, I, I, you know, I don't know. But anyway. Look, I understand how you could be successful in a rental home if you didn't have any underlying debt. Like if you were buying it with your IRA or you're paying cash, cash. and you and you're collecting eight hundred and fifty dollars or whatever a month, and you don't have any underlying debt, you just have taxes and interest. I get it, but if you're trying to make the money on the spread between what you owe and what you're collecting, then it takes one air conditioner to wipe out a whole year, or sometimes or two. something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So so so, I you know I got I got really upset. I thought this is going to be another business I fail at. So I went to this guy. And I paid him the last $10,000 I had because I was trying to get out of these without losing my good reputation and my good credit. Mm -hmm. right. I've always had good reputation. I've always had good credit because I, I honor my commitments and that's my code in my whole life and I'll die before I don't. And I was willing to give $10,000 to someone because right. I, I couldn't figure out how to get out without filing mm -hmm. chapter or whatever. Or doing, yeah. You know what I mean? And so he comes along. He's very careful with me. He says, look... I'm $10,000, you won't regret it, but I need you to not get upset if I solve your problem in like 48 hours. And 48 I said, hours. I said, he says, because my solution to this is not complicated, but it's very valuable, and you'll figure it out very quickly. So I don't, he says, this content's not deep and long and arduous and all this stuff. It's very shallow, but it's very effective, and it'll work like this if you'll do what I tell you to do. So I went home and I thought, so this guy gives me like a one sentence solution and it really is the solution. And I paid 10 grand for it. Am I going to worry about it? I said, well, let me think. I said, so I asked the guy, I said, so if it solves my problem, what's going to happen? Am I going to liquidate these houses or what's going to happen? He says, no, the $7,500 a month that you wish that's coming, that should be coming in on paper, it's going to come in. And then you're not going to have to write a check for any of it to go out. 99% of the time unless there's a foreclosure otherwise when the money it's the money's going to come in and it's going to stay in your bank account so mm -hmm. I said okay so I, I if I give him $10,000 to show me how to make $7,500 a month come to my bank account am I going to be upset if it only takes a, a two-day conversation hell no you're going to be very happy hell no that math was easy I got a three dollar calculator from the <coughs> dollar store which confuses me more than anything uh, but this was easy to figure out so I said, yes. So he goes and he says, okay, this is what I want you to do. I want you to sell these houses to, to people with 3000 down or whatever down payment you get, but try to get like, I didn't even believe in it. If I would have believed in it, I would have been able to sell it. I would have got five and six and 7000 down. I didn't even believe that this was really going to work. So I was very timid in my request for upfront money. All these houses that I had, no one in this neighborhood would get a new loan. They're not that kind. It's not that kind right, of neighborhood. Right, right, right. And then... But I didn't know what I didn't know. They had a lot more money than I thought. I didn't think they had money because they were in that neighborhood. But that just because someone's in a poor neighborhood doesn't mean they don't have $10,000 nope. in a mattress yep. that they were willing to spend for something like as valuable as a house to them. Yeah. So I went around, and within um, 90 days, I got, uh, I got, well, it was very quick on some of them because some of the people that were paying me good, it was real easy. They, they said, we'd give you like, I think it averaged 3,000 down. They give me the 3,000. We go down that, that day or the next day. We made the papers and they were the owner. And now the check's coming in and I don't have to fix yeah, anything. I don't have to fix, don't have to fix anything. It's not my house. It's their house. I sold the house to them on 30 years worth of payments. So but by 90 days, I had all the 25 houses done. I averaged 3,000 down. So do the math. 25,000 times $3,000. How much did I have? I had yeah. $75,000 in my account, which was not an escrow account holding deposits. That was my money. Down payments, non-refundable. Yeah. Okay? And then the $7,500 a month was coming in. 
So I went from like not making anything to wishing I could make 3,500 to having the whole 7,500 come in. And like in a 90 day period, I watched this work in my life real time. Mm -hmm. and, it was, and I was seller financing houses, owner financing houses to people that couldn't get loans at the bank, but they couldn't make the payment. Yep. Now the ones that weren't making me payments that were behind, we just got them out and then I ran and then, ads and I found someone else that wanted to give me some money to own the house. So that's what took 90 days because I had some of that to do. But, the, but it was really fast because when they decided, yes, and we agreed on the down payment, we agreed on the payment, we agreed on the years and the interest rate. I mean, it was over. It was done tomorrow. Here. Yeah, you just go to done. the uh, title company, draft No, all the, not even a title company. That? I had a title company when I bought it. I knew that it was free and clear. Now, they were so unsophisticated, they didn't know to ask. But good thing they dealt with me because I knew there was no title issues and I had already had it proven before I bought them. Uh -huh. So they were at risk. But thank God they met someone like me because I'm not going to sell someone a house. Yeah, you weren't going to give them a house with some liens and stuff yeah, no, like yeah, that. Yeah, so, so and, and, um, and then... So that's how you go from landlord... To owner financier. To owner financier or note holder, pretty much, because yeah. now you're holding the note. You're the bank. Yeah, I went, from, I went from landlord to being the bank. Now, that was phase two. And then, and then something happened that changed my life again. So I, I, I got to $75,000 worth of down payments, uh -huh. life-altering. Never seen that much money in, in, in your anyone's bank yeah. account, much less mine. I mean, no one's ever even <laughs> showed me that. You know, the, uh, then the $7,500 starts coming in every month, like clockwork. The phone calls stop. No phone calls. Yeah, because that's the beauty of uh, what, what you're saying. is it's, So people can understand what owner financing means. Basically, you're selling the house, but you're becoming the bank for the person that's buying the property. So since they own the property, they are responsible for the repairs. Mm -hmm. So that's why Mitch is saying that the phone calls stops because once once he sells the house, guess what? Toilet is broken, it's your house, you fix it. AC goes yeah. down, then you yeah. fix it. How so. many of y'all out there have a house payment? You owe it to a mortgage company or a bank, right? Yeah. Okay, when your toilet breaks, do you call your mortgage company and have them send someone <laughs> yeah, out? No. So Wells Fargo, please. <laughs> Try it one AC. time, call Wells Fargo and say, hey, my toilet's broken, watch what they tell you. <laughs> okay, so uh, here I am collecting the 7,500 a month and uh, life is good, man. Life is really good. Then the note buyers start calling me. So we like to buy that $37,000 note for $34,000 cash. How did they, how did they find out? Oh, because the note is recorded at the county and yeah. they go after that. Okay. And I was, a, and it was a, it was not an institutional name that was the lender. Mitch Stevens. Well, no, I had a company, but you know what I mean? It wasn't Wells Fargo. Mitch or Stevens LLC, like a lot of people do, right? <laughs> uh, mine, Be creative, huh? Mine yeah. was Independence Day, Inc. And, okay. Uh, because I did, when the, the day that I formed that corporation, they asked me, well, what is this company going to do? And I said, I don't know what it's going to do, but whatever it is, it's, I'm going to be independent. So just okay. that. That's a good name. So um, then the note buyers found me at the courthouse, and they started calling me. And the one guy says, we'll give you $34,000 for that $37,000 balance that you have at 10% that they owe you. I said, okay. What will you do with 25 of them? And they said, we'll do the same with all 25. So they ended up buying all my notes, and I had $425,000 in the note sale. I looked up, and from the time, from like eight, six to eight months from when I was trying to get out of this business, trying to quit, trying to walk away, from that time, six months to eight months forward, because I hired a coach that knew what he was doing. This guy had 500 houses free and clear, okay, that he owner financed. He knew the game. Wow. And because I hired that guy, 
six to eight months later, I have half a million dollars in the bank. And then I had a fifth revelation. This one wasn't all that good. The IRS came. <laughs> they came after you. They, they no, came they for came. Money. They came for the money, and they came for their share. So I quickly went from, uh, you know, five hundred thousand to less than five hundred thousand because I had to pay the tax. <laughs> of course, right. and yeah. of course, a man who just got five hundred thousand, who's Don't never dreamed of it, it, and then has to write a check for like a hundred something. You know what I mean? Yeah, hundred something. What? I mean, it was the hardest check I ever wrote. I think I yeah, was. Yeah, because you were I, writing the check, and you're, you're looking at three or four houses. I never wrote a check like over a. Ten thousand dollars, and here I am, like you wrote it with blood. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that, so then I I, I uh, started on this journey of um, how fast can I duplicate that scenario, and I got to where I was buying houses, selling them owner finance, and selling the note all on the same day, and uh, or within thirty days or within fifteen days, and I did that four hundred and fifty days in a row until associates closed one day, and and and. And that sent me into a, a panic. What do you mean by that? Because I'm lost there. Associates was the was a division of Ford Motor Credit. That by the, when I sold my notes to this company or that company, at the end of the day, all those companies were bundling them together, taking massive amounts of notes over there, making one or two percent off of yeah. selling Ford Motor Credit these third party oh, okay. notes. And so when Associates closed, everybody's in game. Stop. Stop. There was no there was no exit for all these guys. No so buyer. they quit buying notes. Every company overnight stopped buying because Associate was the place they all ended up. They I said, we don't want these notes anymore because people were committing fraud. Like just, you know, again, yeah, some there's bad some always some bad... Com coming up with some smart idea about yeah. how to mess it all up for everybody. Else. Yeah. So um, so I was in this huge panic because the way that I was making a living, I couldn't sell a note anymore. Mm -hmm. At the time, I had 50 houses in my inventory for sale but okay. wait these houses are still producing you like monthly income <coughs> okay so, so I, I get the part that you want to sell well, the note i didn't but. i didn't i did i was making these lump sums and paying my taxes and everything but um all of a sudden i couldn't make the lump sum and i was i was scared i had about 50 houses that i had already sold that i had notes on and i had 50 houses in my inventory and out of those hundred houses, I wasn't going to be able to sell any of the notes. And I got myself in a really bad panic. One, one of those sweat panics where you wake up at night and, you know, there's a silhouette of you in water <laughs> on the bed. I mean, it was that stricken. And one day I just, I kind of got a scared and panicked uh, for no reason. But the panic just magnified so fast that right. I couldn't think straight. Yeah. And then after about seven days of living that way, I just got in front of the mirror and started yelling at myself saying, you know, you're not going to be afraid of this. There's a way to out of this. There's a way to figure this out. And actually, my life got a lot easier. How old were All you it was then? was I just couldn't sell the note. So I would get 10000 down from this guy or 8000 down on 50 houses or 5000 down on 50 houses, which is 25000 And then I'd create, and I was looking at the spread between what I owed and what I um, you collected. And it was like 500 bucks. So on 50 houses, it was $25,000 of of residual income every month and $25,000 worth of one-time down payments. And like, if you can't live off of $25,000, I mean, just go shoot yourself. There's now, something wrong with you. You yeah. know, you know, 25,000 cash and 25,000 coming every month. And if I did it another time, if I duplicated that, I'd have 50,000 that I got in and I'd have a residual income of 50,000 a month. So all of a sudden my business model actually got easier. I was buying the house, selling it with owner financing and selling the note. Now it's just buying the house and selling it with owner financing. And I actually it. cut off one third of my job.
Yeah. Right. And you cut off. I just the, had to hire a collecting person at my office. Yeah. And you also cut off the large portion of the IRS when because you were being taxed by collecting all this money. Up which, front. which by the way, you know, for the people that are listening to us, if if you want to collect this money, you can also hire a third-party collector yeah, third, and note servicing. note servicing company that will collect the checks and. Well, but remember, this is back then, man. When you know. <laughs> well, I don't, yeah, you're you know right. I, don't know. I mean, this is. 25 years ago, you, you said? 20 years ago. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure there was like... A lot uh, of these companies mortgage. didn't even exist, you yeah. know. I use MoteNoteServicing.com, <coughs> but in all transparency, uh, it's my daughter who had been doing the collections for me for 15 or 20 yeah. years. And I said, you just need to make a company out of this. And, you know, and offer services to other people. To other yeah. people. So now, let's, let's go back a little bit, uh, Mitch, because I want to ask you that something that probably our audience is asking themselves. How were you finding these properties? You don't, I mean, ha- back, you don't back, have enough time. Back then, exactly, because you're talking about selling 50 and then going out and buying another 50. So what what, what were you doing to, you know, in, right, well, in part time, of the lessons I learned, Part of the lessons I learned was uh, quantity versus quality. Uh, so my first year I did 45 houses, and then my second year we did 65 houses. The third year we did 150 houses. This is where I really learned the the quantity over I mean the quality over quantity thing because I had been um, I ended up finding a source of money that basically told me I said how many houses do you want me to buy and his words quote were you can't find enough houses right for my money yeah can't you you, you can't buy enough houses so I took that as a challenge and I went out mm. to try to do it. so what I did was. And this was a mistake, but I mean, I, I learned a lot from it. And I still made a lot of money, but the price I paid for it emotionally and physically uh, was not equitable. Um, I just went out in the street and told any, I, I whispered to people in the street that if you would bring me a house 50 cents on the dollar, that I would put up all the money and I'd split with you. So every morning I had a line of people at my office. A line. So it was basically word of mouth and, you know, doing marketing like one by person to person when you're in the bank talking to the people yeah the word spread like wildfire you weren't doing like postcards or no any of that stuff i was just word of mouth man so we maybe we knew 10 or 15 people in the business we told them to tell their friends and like within a matter of 15 or 20 days there's every morning at eight o'clock there's like 15 people lined up in my lobby you could have done network marketing, gotten ultra rich doing that too, if you if you were. That didn't know anything about that, then. and there was know? no internet marketing, and there was <laughs> right. none of that yeah, of stuff. And doing a course never crossed my mind, and going to a seminar never crossed my mind because I never heard about one. And there was none of that whole thing was even on the radar back then. And the internet was certainly not anything what it's like now in 1996 or 90 whatever. There wasn't, and so here I am meeting. Every different personality that you could ever imagine on the street from a couple of really great guys. But we always know the great straight shooter, perfect partners. How many of those out of 100 are you going to find? Probably one or two. Two or three or four if you're lucky, right? We were doing doing through some volume, so I found like four really freaking great guys that I did hundreds of deals with. The rest of them were shit-ass, lying, conniving, draining, blood-sucking bastards that, (laughs) that I had to manage the whole time. To keep from, to hold everything together, you know, and uh, the, while we had a ton of the money coming in, I wasn't very good at systems or the or 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 checks and balances. That while I made a ton of money, 
it was going out the back door just about as fast as it was going out the front door because I couldn't cover all my bases and I wasn't smart enough to delegate at that time. You know, I just didn't, I wasn't a seasoned businessman with an infrastructure to the size that I needed and I didn't know or even think to create it. I, I was trying to muscle this whole thing through by myself. I had an immature uh, look, uh, outlook on the business. You know what I mean? I just didn't know. I wasn't ready. You just wanted to have a power over whatever. You wanted to control it. Um, and it was hard for you to let go to maybe hire other people. I didn't even, didn't even cross my mind that other people would work for me and that I would pay them. I'd never seen myself in that role. And I, it, all this happened so fast that it's, I, it outgrew my mentality. Right. The business outgrew my mentality pretty quick. Yeah, the business grew a lot larger than you were. Yes, a lot, so, lot, lot larger and, than I was mentally. And another right. question, Mitch. Were you doing any repairs on these houses or were you selling them I was fixing is? all of them, which okay. was part of the problem. Every single, <laughs> every single partner I had had his own contractor. And you can just already know what nightmare that's going right. on. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know. We know. <laughs> it's hard enough just to manage one or two contractors that have been with you for 10 years. You yeah. know what I mean? Much less... Got a new, got a new. I'm doing a new house with this new guy tomorrow, and he's got a new contractor. Right. And then tomorrow I do that three more times, and then I do it two more times the next day, and three more. And then, like all these personalities were coming into my life, and they were killing me. Again, okay. Yeah, yeah. We 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 kind of suffer from some of that, uh, some of those um, <laughs> uh, symptoms uh, from time to time. Uh, that's today, the t today I don't do that. Today I and I shouldn't have done 50-50 because I had all the overhead and all the infrastructure yeah, and all yeah. the office. Yeah. It should have been. Uh, 6535, right. and we'd have been even given yeah. my overhead, you know yeah. what I mean? And your ex the expertise, so they were, you know, but that. they were making the real 50%, and I was making 50% minus all the minus, overhead. minus all your overhead. Yeah, I made a lot of mistakes, man. I think we all have. Um, when was your aha moment? And yeah, I'll tell you what, people, bitch. you were the, like the third, third person to ask me that this week. The problem is, there's so many aha moments at different stages in your life on different times, so right, like you mean. In the very early stages or in the middle or like the, I would or say what's the, the recent well, one, you know? I, I, I guess I'll call it on the very early early stages, number one, finding that mentor. So you pay this guy ten grand. That was an aha moment. He pretty much takes I never, you from, I never wrote a person ten grand for anything except when I bought a house. I never wrote and the a, IRS. I never Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> until, afterwards. That was afterwards. So yeah. up until that point I'd never written a person ten thousand dollars to do something for me ever. Mm -hmm. You know, in my life. So that was a very big check. So um, there was an aha moment when when um, his counsel paid in spades. You know, it's like, wow, I piled ten grand, and I was so worried about that, and I fretted about that for days, and then all of a sudden, it was like the best money I ever spent. How do you duplicate that? What's the next thing I need to learn? Who's the guy for that? Who? How? How can I write another ten thousand yeah. dollars check to another mentor and get that result? Yeah, you know what to, I mean? to get another to get another aha moment and grow. Uh, so what happened was, this is what's going to happen to a lot of people, I f ran out and find the next guy and wrote him a $10,000 check and he wasn't worth a crap. You know yeah. what I mean? He didn't do nothing. <laughs> right. And I wasted 10 grand. He just took your money and he, ran. Yeah. As so far as it There was as another aha moment. Oh, not all mentors are created equal. Right. <laughs> okay. So, some of them will just take your money and run. And, I mean, <laughs> uh, you learn, I guess, through, yeah. through time. You need to stay tuned. This is the last episode for this for today so next week you're gonna tune in you're gonna share like hit share and subscribe go on youtube and find the renovating riches radio podcast and watch us on video listen to this on your car we're gonna bring you mitch back next week 
at the same hour, at the same time. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.